Yes! The jackass. First frontier. Intro for your ass. The vision is vivid, the way the picture is painted A lot of young rappers think I'm just severely thinking About income or money, they really ain't making They must have me mistaken, ain't no thinking on my end Is it dividends, is what a nigga really feel Not the richest nigga lie, but no one is broke Let me get back to the words, fucking vibe for Game full of shit, stop for feet to flush the toilet Rap niggas is poison, bell bend the ball on the ankles of the rest of these niggas on that boat, smoking dickens, niggas tripping, got no flow In they lyrics, get on mic, spitting garbage, I'm down in here They ass filthy, it's time to be clear like a fan in the kitchen I'm just not catching nothing that y'all pitching My circle, best of the best, the rest, there's no need to miss it The stars here, the rest, it's time to build them I waste niggas, waste music, then I'm here to race Eradicate, terminate, finish it, finale Throw a jacket for the journey, so don't mind me My behavior is violent, well I guess you'll see I'm a seasoned product of the DMV. Is, is this thing on? Oh, shoot. What's up? <laughs> is, this, is this thing on? It's what up? Be. You here? What's up? What up? What up? And welcome to another week of Journey of a Jackass. Journey of a Jackass. Journey of a Jackass. And I am one of your co-hosts, Daya Shakur. And I am here with the wonderful... A second time author. Oh, God, I cannot. Seductive. Miss S.L. Davis. Everybody gonna give it up. Hey, y'all. Coming from the living, coming from my bedroom, the sick and shut in ministry. Oh, yeah. So the recovery is, is going kind of slow. No, it was doing, I was doing good. I was doing really well. And then, you know, I did something foolish and had a, a minor setback. So you better not be trying to be nasty. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I was trying to. I was trying to defecate, and Ooh. I could not. And, and I bust the stitch open. Okay. <laughs> hey man, listen, man, it's a natural. It's a natural part of life. So anyway, besides, but besides, Thank besides you, that, besides that. How are things going on your end besides you sitting in the bed looking all sick and shut in? I know. Mm -mm. I should even just do this. Make it official. Let's make it official. <laughs> Yo, son. Yo, Yami. Yami. How that? That look okay? Hell no. No? You like about, about the Robert Command store. Same difference. <laughs> but no, um, all, all is well so far. I mean, I can't complain. Um, as you just stated, you know, I released my second book and I'm excited to see how that turns out because oh. it's a little, it's a little, um, spicy like the first one. It's, it, it, it's, it's spicy, just, but it's more, like I said, it touches on different topics as far as like, uh, sexual assault with males and things of that nature. So. Yeah, I, I I shared that story on here too. I was like one time I was on duty and the, and a dude was getting sexual assaulted and we didn't even know what to do. So I shared with one of them stories on here before. And that's like, I, yeah, man, dude had a knife to his throat. Was was going to work on. So yeah, it happens more than people think. Mm. So, but I it's good though. I know it's I know the storytelling gonna be amazing. Like the first book, the first book I was like, oh, Sherelle is a pimp. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Boy, I swear y'all missed the whole doggone uh, uh, concept behind the, the story. Everybody was looking at the pimp part of it. Hey, man, that, was, that part stood out. I mean, the other stuff stood out. 
It did. The other stuff stood out. But nice. when, the, 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 when one of the key, the bullet points, one of the, the I, there was violence. I was like, okay, that shouldn't happen. There was uh, other crazy stuff going on that shouldn't happen. But one of the key takeaways was your, how strong right. your pimp game was. Right, Daya. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying. Because girls is players too. I, 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 I learned that reading your book. <laughs> what else has been going on with you? Man, uh, nothing, man. Putting in work. I'm doing edits on these books right here. Um, yeah. There, there was uh, one of the stories that stopped making sense to me. So I kind of like stopped and, and started rewriting it. Like I stopped halfway through it, went back and read it, and then I started rewriting it because a lot of shit stopped making sense. I was like, man, I don't... I stopped veering off into different shit. It, it started getting a little weird. <laughs> it was Boy, crazy. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was the one with the um, with the the the, the incest serial killer. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is um, that shit started getting a little, it started getting a little crazy, man. Yeah, it started. I was Did like, you man. Stop? Yeah, well, yeah, it was a lot of the stuff stopped making sense. So, so I know um, from my granddaddy's land promise that one is is gonna be good to go. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that one's gonna be good to go. And uh, top tier toxicity is gonna be good to go. Wow! But what's the name? Uh, yeah, man, that one. And then, I, and I had to rewrite. Like, only reason the tearful joys. I was supposed to release that this year, but I had to. Uh, I had to push that back too because uh, I got sidetracked. You know, when you when you write and you get sidetracked for too long, and you go back and read what you was writing, it, it's not making sense. And you know, that, that's the book about the, the pimp serial killer. You know what I'm saying? So, wow. Yeah, so psychological thrillers, man. I found my niche with the writing. Like, if you, you, you got the, uh, as I stand corrected, the twist of that one was just as bad as the trail of the black bastard. So, man, look. I'm just saying. But other than that, man, everything is going good. You know what I'm saying? I'm preparing. I'm about to go on another trip here in a couple of weeks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm. I'm about be out, to be out, be out on the water. You know what I'm saying? Kicking my you feet love up. the water. Man, I love me some cruising. I love me some cruising. I'm telling you, hey, it's nothing like it to me. I just get out there, no responsibilities, man. Just get out there, and then everybody be out there. What happened on the boat? Stay on the boat. So that shit right up my ass. fucking right. What's the best cruise you've been on? Uh, all of them. Anytime, anytime I get when I'm a one man walking party. Yeah, I am. A, I'm a one man. I get, I get party. that. So with no matter what cruise line I'm on, as far as like as, as far as as far as um, uh, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, they, uh, a lot of these go to the same places, right? They, a lot of them go to the same places, it's just the ships are different. Disney set the bar high for, for ships. Um, I rode on one of Carnival's newest ships in October for my birthday, and it was, um, I liked it. I liked the ship. It was like, a, I mean, I didn't understand why they had so much stuff clustered together, but, at certain parts, but the, um, I love the Serenity deck, man. That's why I met a lot of the freaks at. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, man, but other than that, yeah, everything going good, man. But since we talk about all this good positive stuff, you know what I'm saying, besides you being still injured, story time with me? Story time with Diane. Hey, man, listen. So uh, we got our author on here tonight, man, uh, Larry Moon. Phenomenal guy. Great guy, man. Yeah, he brings energy to the spot for sure, right? So mm -hmm. with that being said, uh, we named this episode Outer Space Writer, right? Outer Space Writer. So 
in this story time, I'm going to tell you how my life changed forever. The trajectory of my life changed. All right. So when I was young, elementary school, right? And you know how they used to write down on, on the sheet. Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Me, Dyer. I want to be a racetrack. I want to be a race car driver. I want to be an astronaut. You know what I'm saying? And coincidentally, coincidentally, I said I wanted to do music, which is crazy because I did eventually want to check in that block, right? So um, I was like, yeah, man, I want to be an astronaut. I used to go, I used to be at home playing, like, I mean, building little uh, rocket ships around the house and acting like I'm flying out of space and stuff like that. Because cause my dad, you know what I'm saying, he like, there ain't no such thing as no nigga goddamn race car drivers. You, you better set your goals higher than that, blah, blah, blah. And what is this music shit? I'm like, so only astronaut, I guess. I'm like, it's fucking dad just crushed my dreams. So I was like, okay, cool. So anyway, so um, I was like, yeah, so every day I'm going to school, I'm getting good at math. Like, I'm like, I'm getting 100% of all my multiplication, my division, everything. I'm going home proud of it. They put it on the refrigerator. I'm like, I'm going to be an astronaut when I get older. I want to learn astrology. And then we started watching shows like Gulliver's Travel, and they showed the like the all the uh, constellations. I started learning about clouds and me like meteorology stuff like that. Like I just had a fixation on it. Like when when the Power Rangers came out, that was my jam right there because it was like I was like, oh yeah, I was like, look, oh my goodness, the dinosaurs are running through outer space. You know what I'm saying? So it was like it was my thing, right? So that the never end the story stuff like that, outer space stuff. Like it was, it was touching my soul. I was like, it is meant for me to be an astronaut. That was my trajectory. Good to go, right? Mm. So I called myself uh, having fun, telling everybody, going, hanging outside, looking up at the stars. I, I even got like a little telescope. I saved them money for a little telescope. Yeah, they look at the telescope, couldn't see shit. But I was like, oh, look, I'm looking up. And growing up in, growing up in the city area, you know what I'm saying? You look up. And only thing you can see is the, the reflection of the streetlights because it wasn't dark enough. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't dark enough. You look up there, you be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm seeing shit. I'm like, this is my this is my jam. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an astronaut. Astrology, meteorology, something, but I'm going to be in the sky. I think that's why I like jumping out of planes because that's the closest I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I, I, yeah, I jump out of planes all the time. So I think that's probably one of the closest things I'm, I'm, wow. I'm going to get to it, right? Uh -huh. So, um, I'm like, especially like the, the 10,000 foot jumps. <sighs> Get out there, fuck around, play with people. Die yourself, die. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. So anyway, so this is where my trajectory changed, right? Mm -hmm. So my, my dad was at work. Dad was at work. And me and my twins, me and my twin brothers, they younger than me, we called ourselves in, uh, we was in the basement, called ourselves making us a little spaceship. We put some crates on like a little board. Right, mm -hmm. we put some crates on a little board, and we put the board on top of a, some paint cans. So we put the we put the boards on top of the paint cans, and we run we ride around the base. They push me, and we ride around the base until we fall off of the paint cans. Right, so we, I did it with the twins. They did it with me. Did it with the twins. They did it with me. Boom! Then they pushed me off one last time, and both of the lids off the paint cans came off and spilled all over the floor all over the motherfucking floor when i say it spilled all over the floor 
the cans empty out all over the floor. Like we tried cleaning it up, we tried doing everything we could. We put we put towels down. We did. We went got nap. We we get we got all the napkins and stuff out the kitchen. We got dish rags. We got everything right. Mm-hmm. So my mom was asleep. Dad wasn't home. So we just like man, we were scared. We didn't know what to do. So guess what we do? When we scared, we go get in the bed and we pretend like we sleep. Like we don't know what the fuck happened, right? Right. I heard I heard the twin go get some water. And then I heard my mom yell. This is where it get crazy, right? So I heard my mom yell, what happened down here? Blah, blah, blah. Get y'all ass down. So we still laying in there sleep. Ten we sleep, right? I was in there laying asleep. I was holding your eyes shut. You know, you're holding your eyes shut. My mom came in the room in two pitches. Boom, boom. I started seeing stars. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I started seeing stars, right? I thought it was over with. I started seeing stars. She grabbed me by my shirt. Grabbed one of the twins, pushed us down, says, Yeah, I better clean this shit up before your dad get home, blah, blah, blah. So we cleaned up as much as we could. Mop head, soap red, uh, towels and everything, soap red, right? My first time ever being here so hard, I saw stars. I was like, Okay, cool. So I did like this. So I said, Okay, we got up, cleaned up as much as we could. My dad came home. Mm-hmm. My mom ain't said nothing to him about it. He went down in the basement to get something, he went to the kitchen. He was like, hey, what happened to him? Blah, blah, blah. And we, at this point, nigga, we was, we, sleep. <laughs> Pops walked in the room. He, he said, he said, I guess my mom told her what happened because we told her what happened. He's like, oh, you want to be an astronaut? Don't worry about it. We about to find out. Perfect. Bow, wrapped the belt. Bow, bow, bow. Blacked out. Start seeing stars. Blacked out. Open my eyes and I seen them whoop one of the twins. After, after I seen them stars that last time when he whooped my ass, that was the last time I ever wanted to see stars. And that's why the trajectory of my life changed. I was like, I got to find something better to do if it's this painful to see fucking stars. And that's story time with me. Oh my God. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I got to find something else to do if it's this painful to see stars. You want me to exercise my brain, but you're beating it at the same time. I was like, fuck this. This is over with. I don't want to see the stars no more. No I'm more stars. Here. Right. Yeah, no more stars. No more none of that. Little did I know, they was only setting me up for a life of seeing stars. All the motherfucking time, motherfucking three piece me out of seeing stars and motherfucking being knocked out on my feet, like all sorts of shit. So you, you live the life now. That you, you definitely do. Yeah, yeah. I've lived the life. I like, yeah, I remember, man, this Alaska dude hit me so hard, man. I was looking at this guy like, you know how you, you be reaching for shit? I was reaching for shit, and I couldn't see nothing. Only thing I could see was like the motherfucking the stars. I was like, fuck, this is why I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> but that's story time with me. <laughs> story time with Diane, Lord. Hey, see, it wasn't about sex this week. I could have talked about sleeping with superstars. Good ass. I'm glad you didn't die. I, I mean, I, I chose. I chose. Give I chose us a the, break, please. Yes, you know, they, I got a life. I got a life at the time of those stories to tell. Well, you know what? You can tell that to your homeboys. <laughs> so anyway, listen. <laughs> tonight we got a great, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Right, mm-hmm. uh, all around, uh, great guy. We have another author that's joining us tonight. Uh, yes. Yeah. Author Larry Moon, man. Like this dude, you know, I met him out here 
grinding like I be grinding. He be out here doing the events, shaking people's hands, kissing babies, putting kissing books babies. in people's hands. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know what I'm saying? Larry Moon, man, he be out here. He, he be getting after it, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's a go-getter. Yeah. He's a, he's a go-getter, man. He ain't going to sit around and let it pass him by. He put in the work. He want to make sure it, that people know that he put in the work. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I saw that. I was looking at his um, um, his bio and stuff like that. And I realized he's done a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so we got the honor of talking to him tonight. Um, so, without further ado, you you want to get him on? Let's, let's go and get him on. Go ahead and get him. I mean, hey, yeah, come on, Larry, come, come on. on, come on, Larry. Y'all ready? Y'all hear my oh, theme music? Yeah. Y'all hear my theme music? Yeah, I hear. <laughs> Tell me what you think about me, how you feel about me. Tell oh. me that you can't live your whole life without me. When oh. You don't have to worry because I got your back. If it's oh. weird, there's no need to hurry because we got all night, baby. Oh. Me, mold me, tempt me. You fill my tank up when it was cold and empty. In the midst okay. of you was always there. You often tell me you love me, plus you show me you cared. When I was cold December, you surrender when I enter. And we team up. You play so many different positions from the bedroom to the kitchen. You're completely focused. Boots under the bed. Don't know where your coat went. Then we switch. <laughs> Up as the night begins, you often pretend you don't know your knees have been. Hey, you got that look that I <laughs> need to feel better when it's cold. I hug you like a sweater or a chinchilla, run through your jump <clears throat> like a gov gorilla. That brought five, but my chick killer. Okay, smoking slowly, stroking, licking all the way down till I get to your toe ring. This is the grind above diamond rings and token. This is the kind of love that bed screens get broken. Look, sometimes we argue. Sometimes we fuss, but the battles won in the bed once both of us fuss. Uh, I can't lie, my focus broken with lust. Okay. No matter how hard I try, I just can't get enough. Cause you got that look that I need to know better. When it's cold, I hug you like a sweater or a chinchilla. Run through your leather like a gov gorilla. That brought fine, but my chick killer. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we might as well go ahead and stop the show. It's over. It's over with it's now. Over. Come on. You murked that? Now, listen. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mr. Lermo. And that was a first. We didn't have rappers on here and everything. Yeah, that was a first. to come and rap the intro. Hey, man, come, come on. Come on. My man, Larry Moon. Larry, no, Moon. Larry Moon just did was gave us a damn story time because I heard the whole storyline through that, that rap. Yeah. The whole yeah. thing. You got yeah. it. Yeah. Man, listen. Yeah, yeah, he did that now. He did, he did. Hop out, hop out for that. I'm gonna make sure. I'm gonna make, look. Listen, I'm gonna make sure that we we cut that piece down. I'm like, oh yeah, welcome to the show. <laughs> look who just set the bar, Larry. Yeah. Goddamn moon. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man, so Larry, man, tell the people who you are besides the freestyle king. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank y'all for having me. I am a born and raised Washingtonian. I was born and raised in Washingtonian. I am an author. Right, I'm a published author. I've written four books, and I am the program director for the Hope Foundation. Right, that's some work that I do, um, giving back to my community. I'm really entrenched in engulfing that. I do um, work in the confines of the Department of Corrections. We also do virtual groups. Uh, we individuals who are coming home from prison, you know, making the transition, try to help them in the system with resources. I'm on the commission for reentry and return to citizens affairs. And so what we do, we advise the mayor. We okay. advise the mayor and the council members. Uh, we identify changes that need to be made, uh, different resources, and we bring it to their attention. And um, 
in the hopes of them, you know. Mayor who? Mayor Bowser? Mayor Bowser, yes. And she, yeah. and she, and she yeah. listening, and she listening to y'all? Yes, ma. <laughs> well, we, one of the things that we were able to, <laughs> look, one of the things that we were able to do was we were able to pass uh, the restore the vote. So we implemented okay. the restore the vote and uh, Robin White presented it. It got passed. Um, so that means that any D.C. resident, no matter where you're at over the, in the country, you can vote. You have a voice and you can vote. OK. Yeah, I'm going to say, because Mayor Bowser ain't listening to nobody. So if y'all got the time and she listen to y'all, y'all, y'all niggas doing something. Yeah. And so one, <laughs> but, but the thing is this, though. So one of the things is that we kind of have the autonomy where we're not like just reporting and they give us the go ahead. We come up with different ideas and stuff. And we have events. Um, one of the events that we had was uh, the resume clinic where we okay. had. Uh, individuals come that was just coming home um, that didn't have resumes, had resumes that need to be touched up. And we have, we invited some different people from different establishments, Giant, Safeway, and, and different establishments, and they mm. did on-site interviews with these with these individuals. And, and that is a great thing. I'm glad that y'all are doing that. You know why? Because there are a lot of people out here that are hiring felons. So a lot of fellas come home and say, man, I can't find a work, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't have programs like this. There are a lot of places out there are high felons. They do like, man, listen, especially the way the job market is set up right now, there's more of a demand in the workplace than they are actually workers. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, man. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Look, at, look at Larry. Yeah. Oh, Larry. <laughs> one, so one of the other things that I'm very, very, very proud of, um, you know, I'm formerly incarcerated. I never had a, a paid lawyer. I always had a public defender. So I, I'm the first former client to serve on the board of directors. This is actually my second term on the board of directors for public defender services. And we're just behind the scenes, you know, approving things just like any other board, you know. Um, and so this is actually my second term on the commission as well. So both of those are terms will expire in about, about six months. So I have the opportunity okay. to be on there. Now my professional, what I call my professional uh, career is in transportation. So I went from a CDL driver and got promoted two times and from, to contract manager to contract director. I do a lot of the training, overseeing operations, um, you know, and just assist with overall uh, the growth and establishment of the of the company, right? The company called Church for Hire. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah, Church for Hire. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Church for Hire. I still have your call for Church for Hire. I've been I with still, them for 12 I, years. Yeah, I still got it. That's right. I've got I've been, look. I wanted to do a, a party bus and uh, like to, to New York City. And I like literally, I looked at your car and said, I need to call or shoot Larry a tech. Literally, yeah. I have your car right here. Yeah. Fucking up. <laughs> Fucking up. God damn it. Man, but, but you know what though, Larry, this is a, a good news story. Like I said, because even, even when I was younger, I was in the streets getting in trouble and stuff like that. So my bounce back was major. Nobody would have ever thought that I would did all the time in the military, but start writing books, doing stuff like this, music, stuff like that, found different ways to outlet, right? So what what was your motivation for? Was it you being incarcerated? Then, I think, then, so I I always from a from a young age, I always had 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 the desire to aspire to to really, you know, put my best foot forward. When the, when the drug abuse came into play, then that killed all my dreams. But I always had those dreams at when I was young. I used to play the alto saxophone. I used to play football, and I didn't care who came to support. I was there. I did the best that I can do. I was always, you know, trying to be a leader, 
Um, and I was following those people who were leading in a certain direction in the beginning when I was younger. And then at some point, I started following those individuals on the street life that was making money because that's what I aspired to do. And then yeah. I ended up going out of space like you went. I smoked some some love boat. Right. <laughs> hey man, listen. Hey, one, of, space. And one, one, one of my partners, literally, one of my partners right now, still in his 40s right now, just literally just wrecked this motherfucking truck the other day smoking that shit. I'm like, dog. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, niggas, are we still smoking that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Smoke, okay, so please fill me in. What is love boat? Am I missing something? Is that weed or is it's, it's mean, PCP? It's been cyclidane, PCP. Yeah. And so yeah, you know, yeah, I was, you know, I don't know. You know, yeah. yeah. It, and so back back in the 80s, you know, a lot of people, you know, were smoking and went from weed to Love Boat. And then some people like me uh, thought it was a bright idea to lay some crack on some people. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say or, or, or people used to people used to lace, lace it, yeah. lace their weed with dust yeah. and then yeah. dip it in the PCP and put the there PCP. Yeah. And, and hit it, okay. hit the water, and smoking water, smoking dippers. Everything That's called a ball game, joint, right? Yeah, a whole different ball game, man. And so, <laughs> and so, just to back up, so at that time too, also because I was so young, I started doing that at a young age, and I was selling it too. So, pot, you know, it was easy access, right? Yeah. But at you a young age, your own supply, right? Um, there you go. Yeah. At, at, you know, at a young age, um, I I had a love for for for, for driving, right? I had a love for cars. So this guy taught me how to steal cars. So I was young. I was stealing cars. Mm -hmm. I had PCP on me and in me. You yeah. know, I, was make, I was making some money, but I was in and out of juvenile institutions. Then I ended up going into, um, you know, adult institutions. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it just took its toll on me spiritually. And I yeah. just, you know, the, the, the part where my mother didn't raise me like that. Right. The, the, all the things that I aspire to do as an, as an individual, who really wants more started to supersede that person that I had become. Yeah. Well, you know what though? And then I didn't learn with me growing up in the in the in the DC area during that time too. I grew up in Landover when it was Landover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It, it was it, it was it was it was survival. Like we were not just selling dope for no reason or doing yeah. the dungeon for no reason. Yeah. Like that shit was survival. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I yeah, man. That, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 man. Look at oh yeah, I brought something back with me too, y'all. I brought something well, back no, from all the that's, that's all right, um, Larry. Now listen. Flip phone. The flip phone. <laughs> I was gonna ask you, Larry, if you still into you you know anybody who still um still cars and stuff, I'ma leave my garage up. Oh right? no. <laughs> that's between you and the, that's between me, you and the rest hey, of the I'ma leave my garage up. Hey, they done found the easier way, baby. They don't they no they just take them from me. They yep. call you them ain't free. you listen. Oh, you know what I found out? What? They call them free cars. They say, "Hey, I'm going to get a free car," and that's what that's what the, the lingo is. And when they it, come back it up and pull it out, just happen to be wherever a person at at that time. It's it's free to them. That's you know they say it's a free. Oh my car. god. Yeah. Okay. Well, just let them know. I'm you know I leave the garage up. Okay? Uh, hey man, shit. Listen, I yeah I'm, oh, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about it now. And then I remember selling selling dope to to fiends and shit, and they would give us the keys to their car. And then where they we, they never signed the titles of them. They as soon as they come down, they had they report them bitches stolen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, report them yeah. bitches stolen. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Hey, they, hey, look, hey, look. And then the next time they see you, ask you, can they get a tick to pay that? Surreal, if you don't know what a tick is, that means I don't. Drugs, 
and I'll pay you later. Yeah. <laughs> after they done reported you to the police, said you just stole their car, after you even gave them some product for their car, they came down, they reported it, and then when they saw you, they said, man, give me something to pay that. Like it never happened. What? Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, see, that, I'm green in a lot of those areas. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I mean, I grew up in Florida, so I'm gonna tell you that. I grew up in West Palm Beach, and I moved to South Carolina when I was like 10. But before that, so something similar to you all, although you all were up north, we were down south. So my classmates and people that were in elementary were selling crack. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Sixth grade, they were selling crack. And you, you know, people would say sixth grade. Yeah, those kids didn't come to school. They were out there trying to survive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a young age to have that mindset. Like you're not thinking about going outside and playing, getting on your Atari or nothing like that. You're thinking about how I'm going to make the next move because my mama on crack, my daddy on crack. You know what I'm saying? I got to survive and feed my sister. Now I'm living with my grandma. It was just a lot of stuff going down in Palm Beach County. So I sort of understand where y'all coming from. But, you know, when I, like I said, when I turned 10, we were snatched up and brought into the church. Okay, yeah, I had the jury curls back then, too. I had one. I had a pretty curl, baby. <laughs> don't do that. And then you do this right here. Look, y'all do this. You lay your head back, and then all the juice be on the um. Yeah, we got it. Yes, that was me. You had one too. You look like you had your curl, Larry. <laughs> my father wouldn't let me get. He got you one. You ain't though. get one. No, nah, my father. I wanted one bad. My father said, "Nah, no, he got one though." My dad, Larry, my... you selling drugs. You can't get no Jerry curl. No, nah, but oh. at that time, by the time I started doing that, Jerry curl was fading out. By that time. Yeah, it was it was like the it was guys, the women were still doing it, but the yeah, guys yeah. it started fading out. It was cornrows, plaits, fades, yeah. uh Caesars, bush temps. We were you know temp what I'm exactly yeah, bush yeah, temps. That's the bush temps, the, the, yeah, the temper fades, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You get your it little bush, you get enjoy, get that okay. little, you know what I'm saying? Name. Yeah. 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 Different name, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Lord so, Jesus. Lord, man, this is very, very impressive, man. Look, so how was your journey getting to where you are now? Yes. With with the uh the inmates in the correctional uh system in in the city. Like how, like how was the journey to that? Whew, that's a good question. It was it was it was rough at times and it was exciting at times, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the it, it was exciting as long as I was getting away with it. It was rough when I got caught. Mm -hmm. But but the anticipation of even even once I got caught, getting back out, picking up where I left off at, because whenever I got arrested, it, you know, it wasn't planned. I didn't plan on serving an undercover or getting locked up. I was planning on going home, counting my money, getting some more. So whenever I got arrested, only thing was on my mind part of the whole time I was incarcerated was getting back out, getting some of the money that the people owed me and picking up from there. So that was the excitement. After a while, though, it wasn't exciting no more. It was like, man, all of these years are passing. You're throwing your life away. Mm -hmm. And then eventually getting out of prison, not going straight back to selling the drugs, getting a job. Yeah, and then right. having, uh, uh, ha having some things we can do with some of my values and my aspirations, right, started to be reawoken. And it, it was about, then it started to be a battle. You know, it started to be a war. The old yeah. me with the person that I really wanted to be. Yeah. So I did ten years, about ten years of that struggle, right? And eventually, the person that I wanted to be won. But prior to that, this this is what this is. Um, um, 
the event that really woke me up. While I was incarcerated, um, at, at first when I when I get incarcerated, I, I stop everything. I program, I do trades and do what you know what it is that I, I feel like I need to do so that I can go home and be productive. Mm-hmm. At some point, incarceration didn't stop me from commencing with criminal activity. So because yeah, niggas, niggas still be active in it. That, and that's what it was. <laughs> and so um, I had my mom, so to the fact where I had my mom bringing drugs into the prison to me, right? And mm. risking her freedom, you know? And then when I went out, because it was so sweet, I really thought it was foolproof. I had a few guys who I was calling homies that I decided to bring some, some drugs to and I got arrested. Imagine coming from the streets, free as a bird, going into a place of rehabilitation, supposedly, right? Of, yep. of correction. Let me say a correction. A correctional facility, yeah. That, that's it. And then I get arrested. And so that was one. And the judge said something to me. It didn't resonate until um, a few years later. And he said, I can't wrap my mind around this. You're, you're in society. You just came home from prison. You come back to a prison to smuggle some drugs in a prison? That's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> hey, look, hey, look, Larry, look, you know what you know what's crazy though? You know what I be saying? I'm like, niggas to be wanting to go to jail back, back, and back like that. They, they, I'm like, nigga, your soulmate must be in there. Why you yeah. keep wanting to go back? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, Larry, is that what started your love for writing? Where did that come about? So, my love for writing started at about the age of 11. Right. Okay. I used to write I used to write horror stories. I used to like it was just something about horror stories because back then, you know, yeah, different horror stories. And I just wanted I just wanted to create horror stories. So that's when it was birthed. And then I didn't really write much. I just started writing poems. I would write poems a lot. And then like 20 years later, you know, I had the story writing in me. I had a storytelling in me. And I picked up the pen and I started to create this story based off of a, a statement somebody made and people were just so fascinated with, with Lawton stories, right? People in the federal it was just so, because uh, we started going to federal institutions, DC inmates, they were getting sent to federal institutions and people were so fascinated with Lawton stories. So I started to create a story. And, hey, basically- bro, hey, and, and, and Lawton, the, the inmates took over Lawton. Yep. The, the inmates ran Lawton. They had to shut that motherfucker down and send everybody away somewhere. Yeah, The, the inmates ran Lawton. Yeah. <laughs> what is a federal is a prison there? Yeah, it's gone. It Lord, yeah, it's, it's gone, gone now. It's gone yeah, now. It's gone it's, now. The, it's now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, the the inmates ran that motherfucker. Like for yeah. real. So yeah, man. It. It's a little, little piece of DC history you learn. D, the DMV history you learn it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and and so really. look, but the thing is this though, right? You know, a lot of people hear these different stories about Lawton. Babies were made in Lawton. There were correctional officers that was taking money. They was taking bribes. You know, um, they just they had what's called fair day, right? And a lot of that stuff I implemented in Drama City. I just created a fictional story. And, so, you know, a lot of that stuff that was actually happening, I implemented because I knew how it went. I knew how it went when you came off of a visit, when you mm-hmm. were smuggling drugs, right? And then I also connected a mindset with it. Because in the name of the book is called Drama City, and the drama is here, right? And I just put a spin on it, um, a devious love story, because I created a, uh, a story with a correctional officer that was struggling with her husband, right? This inmate guy started to really uh, finagle her, 
right? And then went to society and there was a whole twist to the story because there was a female that he was dealing with in the streets and he betrayed her after she betrayed him. And, and, and so the mindset was holding history because there's parts, there's certain streets that's familiar to people that know the area that that's reading it. There's certain uh -huh. things that will happen that will rouse your, your, your uh, familiarity. Right. And then there's messages in there with the characters. And I always, you know, I say that it's like, uh, it's like reading a movie. Right, yeah, yeah. Through, you know, with the characters and stuff, and so and, and that's crazy because I did the same thing with the grand scheme of life. The grand scheme yeah. of life, Fahim went to jail, and when he went to jail, um, his, his like his his a female he met through the the pimp the pimp house program, she stopped visiting him. They get together with him, be, and he gets out and goes back to his baby mother. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, so, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so is that where the because you have of course you know you have the revenge of it as as well. So is that it, like the second part? It, 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 it seemed that's like right. that's right. And so what happened was with the revenge. What I did was because there were a lot of different things going on. It was a lot of twists and just different characters, and there were some things that came out. And I and I wanted to make a connection with trauma. Like we got mm -hmm. secrets and stuff like that. And so a lot of secrets and different trauma came out in two. And mm -hmm. I wanted to highlight that because a lot of people just like back then, if somebody did something to you, even now, but, you know, talking about the book and the time setting, you know, people want revenge. It was all about get back. And the way that I constructed it was even though you may seek revenge, you may never get the, the way that you think you're going to get. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it turns. You. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it backfires. Well, it, wow. but, well, but somewhat, because back then it was a whole lot easier to get some get back. That's right. <laughs> it was a whole lot easier to get, right. get back back then. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, but sometimes, though, too, you might get get back because and people were connected with people that had family members and stuff that you probably didn't know. You may yep. have somebody mm. that's notorious connected to somebody that you kill or do something to, not mm. even knowing that that's their people, and then you get, you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. See, so that's, wicked. You, that's wicked. So do you think get back was easier then than it is now with, you know, us having technology and all of that stuff now? I, that's a good question. I think it's probably easier now. I think I it's think easier it, now. I, I think only because, because, because of technology. I think yeah. because now, but let me say this though too. I, I think it varies. Uh I, I think it varies, <laughs> Diane. So. Right? I think it is easy. So, Why do you say no? And, and, and let me say this too though. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Let me say this too though. Sometimes uh, you, you have people like people from Southeast. Let me just give you an example, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have people from Southeast. That's where they that's it. They didn't go uptown, they stayed in the Southeast. If that's they all happen, they know. If they happen to catch you, then okay. Now somebody can pull up on you in an Uber. <laughs> you be on Facebook Live and they be gonna shot you right in the head, right? Or somebody, so listen, somebody could get your location while you're on Instagram, right? It's, it's you know what I'm it's saying. Like, you no, know, well, 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 and the value people do not value life the way back then. You might get a good fight back then. They take now. I know in the crack era it was a little different. I, I was about to say, but yeah, I was about to say. It's not like now, though. If yeah, okay. At, if you look at the crack era, right, a lot of that stuff it was about turf and drugs. Now it could be the smallest argument. It could be somebody's just like, even though it's, you you have it back then too. But now, guns are so accessible, right? You could put them together. You could take them apart. You could back then. 
you had people that had guns, but they didn't have ghost guns. You did, oh, yeah. they, you ain't had them, them extended clips back then. Certain people had it back then. Everybody didn't have extended clips. It wasn't just like going in the store and getting a lollipop. Not back oh, then. Tr- true. Now you had certain then, people that had it. Everybody it had, Uzi, had Uzis, had Tech Nines, sawed off pumps, all that stuff. Like these was we these were household items in my neighborhood. But you had certain <laughs> people that had them though. Yeah, true. And true. and listen, people listen. were more fearful of the police back then. They wasn't just coming out in broad daylight like as much as they are now. It's no true. any right now. It's on site. It's anytime, anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Back then, they would try to come up with a strategic plan because they wanted to get away. Yeah, and it, and it's more respect now. Like the youngest don't respect their elders no more. Yeah, you they don't respect. There was a code, they, like you know, what I'm saying blah blah blah. Like, hey man, just don't do this. This is yeah. you cross that line. It was up. You know what I'm saying? That's but it. only reason I'm saying it's easier now is is because we didn't have the technology. We 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 didn't have to. We didn't wasn't talking no cell phones or doing no texting. We was linking up in places and we was going to ride. So you said you you feel like it's easier then than now? Yes, yes, I do, I do. Like if if if, if, if like literally, I'm like, hey man, I, like I'll be I'll be sitting I'll be sitting in front of in front of my house on the stoop, and then a car will come from my father's hit me up like, hey man, so and so in them down the street, let's go whoop their ass real quick. We hop in the car, we go handle business, and then we bring our ass right back up the road. You feel what I'm saying? Okay. There wasn't no there wasn't no there wasn't no cell phones being tracked. There wasn't yeah. no text messages. There wasn't no phone calls on no cell. There wasn't none of that. Pull up, hop in, and let's but go. But now, but now, Diet, now that we have technology, they ain't finna call you. You know what I'm saying? If you on Facebook Live, they got, yeah, they got your location. They know everything they need to know about where you at. Yeah. Every- well, I, guess, I, I get it. I get it. I, I, okay, let me correct it. The method of revenge is different now than then. Okay, I'll say, I'll say that's better. Yeah, that, that, that's a better way of saying it. Because <laughs> you're right, you know what I'm saying. But but even but but I'm gonna tell you something though too though. Even back then, when you have some conversations with some people, if one person say Nah, man, you know that's such and such cousin, or that's such and such brother, that may change the trajectory of it. You say that shit now. Matter of fact, they didn't even have that conversation now. Yeah, slide. They don't give a fuck if you do. They glad it's your cousins. Who grandma yeah. out there? Like they don't care. Like you know. What I, saying? I, I I agree with that. I do agree with you know that. What I'm saying? Yeah, your next yeah. kin can get it too. Yeah, yeah. I agree. They came to the cemetery after the little girl got shot. They came to the cemetery. I remember. She oh. in the cemetery in broad daylight. In broad daylight, I remember that. That's happened several times where the revenge would be right there at the cemetery or in the church. Yeah. You know, you oh, we know everybody gonna be at the church. Why not do it here? Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And, 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 it, and, so, it's and crazy. also the mindset too, right? It's like they just spraying like it don't matter if you whoever's in that vicinity. Their mindset think they shooting at that one person, but they're shooting. The reality says you're just shooting. <laughs> you know, because they saying? really can't shoot. You know, yeah. and long time ago we didn't do that. You all, it's like you pretty much knew. Oh, that type of crime belonged to you know a certain group. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. white people, you know, did that spraying stuff. Us, we had a target. Now yeah. they just everybody gone. Yeah. Everybody is gone. So let me ask you something. Which one of your books, like out of the books that you've written, resonates more with who you are as a person? Who who Larry Moon is? I would say story-wise, um, Drama City. And Damn Drama know, City. Cre- huh? Damn Drama City. <laughs> <laughs> Some good memories in that, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, Rama City was, you know, was the one. I think creative, creatively, I would say Drama City, and it's a it's a split between Drama City and the ties that bind. The ties that bind. Yeah. yeah. I really, wow. I don't even, you know, I just, I, I did a whole different story. This started out as a, a it, you know, it's talking about um, um, domestic domestic abuse. It's talking about you know trauma between dad and son, mm-hmm. right? It has different different, um, I guess, twists to it, mm-hmm. highlighting different individuals. And one of the things that was very prevalent in it is that you have these these three individuals who's plotting on the main character, which is one of the p- people that they plotting with is his dad, which is a radio uh, personality, right? And they're plotting on him, and he ended up talking to the girl and she tried to bribe him, right? He's a radio personality, you know what I'm saying? And it yeah. kind of goes sideways, and so that's just one of the one of the twists. But as I was writing it. I just, I, I remember as I was writing it, I really wanted it to be different. I didn't want to be put in a box. Yeah. Right. And that's how I die. I know that I, I know that's how you write. Like I yep. really just didn't want to, I really had to expand what yep. I was doing. And one of the things that <laughs> mm-hmm. I really pride myself on is like changing the stigma on urban fiction. I just yep. need to get you in the book. Right. And I'm just want to change the, change the stigma on urban fiction. And that's where I reel everybody in with Betrayal of the Black Master. I'm like, the first chapter is one, is one page that is one page long. And then I'm like this. Now, like, this book is about a nine-year-old black boy that was abducted for human trafficking, but makes it back. Mm. And, and the stuff he went through while he was abducted, uh, like, it's coming back to haunt him as an adult. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and that's a different way of thinking. And then I start the book out putting uh, human trafficking statistics in it. Mm. They're, they're oh, like yeah. you know, they, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's, it's it's a psychological thriller, but it gives a different twist because this is it, yeah. it's, it's, it's really going on in our community. It's something that nobody's writing about or talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and these kids don't be making it back. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, what, what what made me write that is that I was on the way to uh, Massachusetts to the ski resort, mm-hmm. and I, I stopped at a uh, Walmart, and then I was at. Uh, and I seen on the wall the all the, the missing kids and stuff like that. I said, man, I'm writing a story about a kid that made it back. Mm. Mm. I like yep. that. Yep. I like shit. And that's what I did. I like you that. ain't lying. Back then, we used to see a lot of that. You go in the store, even on the milk cartons, you find yep. the kids, you know, plastered on the milk carton. You never find out what happened to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Epstein Island, baby. Epstein Island. Mm-hmm. Right down there, they, you know what I'm saying? They they using them for human sacrifices and blood sacrifices, man, for their money. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that is crazy. Hey man, listen. But yeah, man. Hey, look, man. I like I didn't know you was doing all that stuff with the city and everything, man. I am really, really proud of you, man. I thought you just all like, out here working and hustling just like me. You are you out here. Driving buses and, and helping out convicts, man. Yeah. Listen, he kissing yeah. kissing babies and shaking hands. I, I say look. Yep. One one of the things that I was told from the judge, the judge told me um, that I'll never be able to go into a prison unless I was handcuffed. You know, that's breaking public trust. Right? Yeah. You would never go into a prison unless you handcuffed. That's what he, you know, pretty much said. And God said, <laughs> "That's not my plan. Yeah. This is what I got for you, right?" And so um, this Tuesday, um, this past Tuesday, the thirteenth. I celebrated 16 years clean, right? I've been clean for 16 congratulations. years. Congratulations. Man, congratulations, Thank man. Thank you. Man, that's that's extra dope, man. For real. Yeah. I feel like I lived three lifetimes. I'm telling you, when I look back on them years and, you know, 
14, 15, just my mindset and surviving that era that we just got finished talking about. Like really surviving. And I'm talking about being in Eastgate, the center of it, high crime area, high drug area. And mm -hmm. I thought I was invincible because everybody that I knew was there. And, and listen, and then you had Eastgate right here. You had the wall. Then on the other side, you had nice Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> so if it was one thing that you <laughs> could tell, you yeah. know, um, little Larry, you know, when you were a child, what would it be like? What would that one thing, you know, be for you to say, hey, you know, I would have done this different or I would have, you know, or, hey, little Larry, you know, you don't have to do this. Or what would it have been for you? That's what they used to call me, by the way. Hey, little Larry. <laughs> <laughs> it, that, that name was attached to. Um, probably probably pain. Who yeah. didn't go for nothing? Like who really? The older guys would say, "Little Larry." Like if they wanted me to fight somebody or be somebody, we go get, get Little Larry. So it was attached to that, and also um, because of where I was coming from, we was living on 16th and D Street. That was considered Capitol Hill. We were going to Eastgate, the projects, to my grandmom's house. My dad was in the picture at the time, so he was buying me all the clothes that I that I wanted. So that's what they saw. Little Larry got got it going on. So they, you know, that's that's how they. That was a stigma attached to it. However, when when I, when I look back, and there's some things that um, I would have told myself, I would have continued to play football. And once I went, I actually when when I when we moved to Eastgate, we got evicted. My father was shooting her when we got behind the rent. We moved to Eastgate. I was still in the. I went to Fletcher Johnson, and I got in the band. You, and you know what's crazy? Did you talk about Eastgate? I probably can name some people. I probably can name some people around there that you know from that time period. Mm -hmm. I, I guarantee you, I can name some people around there yeah. that you know. Eastgate, you nice that all up in the yeah. area. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, I guarantee you, I know some people around there that mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when we when we went moved there, I was playing in the band. I went in the band. I was advanced. That they didn't even have all the instruments. They were teaching the notes. And I was assisting the teacher with teaching the notes. And she was like, man, I'm trying to get me a saxophone. You're so advanced. And I was really trying to hold on to my passion, right? And each, I remember, like it was yesterday, with each passing day, all of those new clothes that I had, everybody started seeing them. They started playing itself out, and I needed a plan. I, I saw people getting, we call it Joan on when somebody talk about you, right? Yeah. And I said, I'm my my turn coming. I need to do something. One of my friends that I grew up with, he started selling uh weed and he was making a little money and buying clothes and stuff like that. And I was like, man, what you doing? And it didn't even matter. I needed to do that because of my image and what I need at a young age. You know what I'm saying? But if I had to look back and, and uh I would I would continue to play football um and Follow my uncle footsteps. My uncle ended up going to the pro. They never sold drugs or anything like that. But I would have continued playing football. So okay. That's what you would have told little Larry. I wouldn't. Have, yeah, I was told little Larry. I wouldn't. Have, don't 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 smoke no weed. Don't smoke no PCP. Just hold on. Mm. Just hold on. Keep going over to 16th and D and and mopping uh, the first, second, and third floor for that forty dollars a week. Keep doing that. Save you save you some money up. Get you some turntables because I used to like the DJ. Yeah. Get some turntables, right, and hone your skill. Yeah, boy, yeah. I had a 2020. Yeah. If you could have. Yeah. 
But I feel like this. I feel like sometimes God takes us to the, it's there's a reason for the path that we're on. You know what I'm saying? Every, if everything was straight and narrow, no, everything would be boring. But I feel like you go through things just so you can, you know, teach others. Because what you're doing now is going out reaching back to, you know, the people that you've, you know, known or, you know, people that's incarcerated. So you're helping somebody with the situation that you've been through, although, you know, it may have taken you, you know, around the world and, and, and back, you know, it's teaching other people not to take the path that you've, you know, you've taken. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So now I have a question, right? So how can people join your movement? Like, how can they yeah. join? How can they join to help out? So um, they can call me. So with, with Hope Foundation uh, Reentry Network, the C CEO, uh, his name is Corin Knight. And I've kind of moved from reentry coordinator to program director, where I have a lot more power, right, to in involve under other individuals. I have individuals from different walks of life coming on um, my virtual my virtual groups, right, letting them know what they're doing, letting them, letting them know, um, you know, whether you're an author, what it is you're doing in the community, or just in life, just your journey in life and come on and um, kind of speak to those individuals who are on the cohort. We have workshops uh, mm -hmm. once a month. Um, and that's another way. And sometimes we have opportunities for uh, volunteer and that's mostly in as the summer, the summer season com comes, right? And then we also have opportunities for the youth. You know what I'm saying? We have, have opportunities to come out. We do cleanup day and stuff like that. And so uh, mm -hmm. all the individual has to do is reach out to me. Um, and if we don't have anything at that moment, then I will, follow up with them on any events or anything that we have coming up. Man, listen, Larry, I might have to have, have you and your group come and speak at the Independent Black Author Expo that I be throwing every year, man. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, you know what I'm saying? Last year. Yeah, yeah, you missed the one last year, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, it was good turnout. You see we was on the TV and everything. Yeah. I think yeah. this this be good opportunity for you to talk to people and everything in there, man. For real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we talk about that offline, though. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. So, uh, Sherelle, you got any more questions? Because I got some questions. Um, no, go ahead and go at it. Um, Diane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let hey, let me, hey, before you ask my question, right? Before you ask, I just want to say this right here, right? So, uh, we were at, um, at an event. That's where I met you at. We, we were at an event, right? Um, and so, one of the things that I got from you was your char charismatic aura, right? And so I started doing some events and stuff. And so I, I picked that up, right? And that's why I say I look at people when I follow certain things. And so one of the things about you, right, people were just sitting in there. They had their product. They were just sitting with it. And that, he he lured me just with his character. And I had to go over there and say, man, what the? He was dancing and greeting people. And I said, man, I need to go over there. The money, and the, my hand just started going in my pocket. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Listen, you know, it at you. Hey, listen, it, it, well, it's not that, right? So um, I be seeing vendors complaining about doing events and stuff like that. I'm like, well, you're not selling yourself. You're not selling your product and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm glad you paid attention to that because that's why I get, like, when people be doing these events and stuff, before they even actually go like live with it, they send me a message. Hey man, you know we got this event coming up. We give you first dibs and slots, you know, blah blah blah. Cause they like we need your energy in the building, blah blah blah. Cause I'm, like I said, dance and shake hands. Nobody walks past my table while me speaking. Hey, how you doing? Smile. Look at this. You know, blah blah blah. Come here. Let me show you something. 
You ain't got to buy a book, but I got these shirts. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get some. You're going to get something. Take, <laughs> take, take a bookmark, and that's why I'll be like, you ain't got to buy nothing, but a follow is free. You can follow me on social media. Yeah, now that's true. Yeah, huh? That is true. Yeah, man, and, and that's what I said, man. We should have been at you on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I know yeah. schedule conflicts and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, I was a Larry B. Hustler, man. I be seeing Larry in the streets, man. I be hustling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like yeah. Hustling, hustling in a good way. Hopefully yeah. we don't get indicted after this show. Same, <laughs> hey, look, same, same hustle, different product. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. So, Larry, I do got a couple questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why he tilt his head like that every time he do that, but go ahead, Jaya. Okay. That's his signature. That's his, hey, look, that's his signature move. Right, right. and I, I be scared. I be on pins and needles because I don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Okay, question number one, Larry. I got. I just got. I got five questions for you. Okay, Woo. five questions. All right, question number one: Would you do a threesome with two fat bitches or one nice or one night stand with Wendy Williams? Yeah. Yes. Um, what? <laughs> hey, look, I think I'll take the three. Some Wendy kind of suspect. I don't know if that's a man. Or <laughs> I don't know. You should take, take Wendy. Hey, Wendy, Wendy kind of suspect, man. Hey, man, listen. You might you might have to lift up some stomach, but you know it's there. <laughs> but why not listen? But why not Wendy Williams? Because once you hit her, she's gonna tell everybody they're gonna take pictures of you, you're gonna be out there, your book's gonna be sold. Listen, that's true, your but right, right, right after that, shit. hey, look, I, right after that, she might reveal that she's really a man, then I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, listen. <laughs> it don't matter, but your book's gonna be sold because they want to know what's going on. Hey, hey, listen, I ain't never seen no pictures of her pregnant. Yeah. No, 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 no. Y'all know she got a son. Don't do her like that. Y'all know no. she got a son. She got, she got a son. Okay. Yeah, she got, yeah, she got a son. He look like him. But you know, you, like like daddy. Daddy. you know what? I'm done. No. You <laughs> look like his dad. See what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Which one? Which oh one? Oh, my God. <laughs> Wendell or his real dad? Which uh, one? <laughs> All right. So okay, so you said the two fat bitches. Okay, that's good. They get they they both over three hundred pounds too. So you know. God damn. You about to sweat it out, baby. You about to sweat it out. Food, hey, look, we gonna have food in the room and there. They gonna stop for some snacks. Man, yeah. listen. Oh my god. Be, uh, crumbs in the bed. Hey man, listen. We eating pancakes off of ass. Oh. <laughs> I'm done. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, question number two. Question number two. Since we, we talked about this, right? Okay, question number two. Because you said Wendy Williams was a dude, right? And now I know you you would do a movie, right? You would do movies like acting. Would I? Yeah. Yeah. Would you do would you do a sex scene with Madea? With Madea? Or who? With Madea. No. Nah. <laughs> you know what? Be a man. <laughs> what? You let him try to set you up like that, um, Larry? Nah, but, 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 but listen, I'm going to tell you something, though, right? 
the, the reason I thought about it because you know they know how to do trick stuff where you ain't even gotta be you got you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they know how to trick it up, man. Yeah, I'm just saying. Tyler Perry is a walking red flag when talking about older like a woman. women. No, I'm talking about Madea. Like from the movie, Tyler Perry. I know who he, yeah, I know who he's talking about. That's an yeah. old, old, old man. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she is dressed in a, a women's clothing, but yeah. it's, it's just like a, being with Wendy Williams. That's all. That's all I was gonna uh, say. What's the difference? Hey, man, listen. One is confirmed. The other one is is, is a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <Well. laughs> Question number three. So that's a no. Okay. <laughs> Question number three. Okay, if you had to, um, you had to in order to live forever, like for for the rest of your life, your natural life, right? But you had to do one of two things. Would you rather spend a night in a haunted house or a cave full of creatures? Haunted house. Haunted house. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I watched the movie Haunted House, and then goddamn ghosts be violating, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, mother well, creatures gonna probably eat me. I mean, you seen that movie, The Descent? Who? The The Descent with the girls. Oh man, them girls went down that cave, man. They were down there fucking around with them damn monsters. They couldn't see nothing. But I was like, damn. Okay, so you said the haunted house. Okay. All right. This one is kind of serious. What do you think is worse, bestiality or or pedophilia? Pedophilia. Okay, good. I was about to say that's why all them motherfuckers moving to Greece and shit now. Yeah, yeah. yeah they try, they trying to legalize that shit in California. You know that, right? What? What bestiality? No, no pedophilia. pedophilia. They trying so, to so so they're trying to change the age or something. The age they, of they try to change the age of consent. Okay. Well, the hey, age of consent should be what? The age of consent should be fucking eighteen. <laughs> I, well, let me ask you. Uh, no, no. Well, um, we we know that, but back in the day, they were 14, 15, 16, 17, and it wasn't you know illegal. I mean, hell, they were boring kids. They were actually bearing kids. So, well, well, listen. But then the age difference has to be considered too, though, right? Because yeah, fifteen year olds, then that's not you know what I'm saying. So then have to be a differential in the age. Y'all saw color purple. I mean, damn. I mean, how old y'all think Sealy was? And Mister Mister was an easy sixty. He was. He was. He was an easy sixty. Well, he was sixty, but you know, I mean, could have been her daddy twice. Yeah, I'll say you know that niggas back then was forty. They look, they look forty. Well, it's not happening no more, but yeah. Yeah, it's just times have changed, but yeah. And so that's why so many of these motherfucking uh actors and stuff moving to Greece, because that shit is legal in Greece. Really? Yeah, it's legal. Wow. In Greece. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's legal. So. All, a, a lot of these motherfuckers that they was they was getting caught up in that Epstein Island shit or uh, changing their citizenship to to this, the Greeks. Hmm. Yeah, fun fact. See? Mm -mm. I bet pay attention to y'all surroundings. What's wrong with bestiality? Have you ever heard of Mr. Hands? You know who Mr. Hands is? Mr. Hands is the dude that was fucking the animals on his uh on his farm and he got fucked to death by a horse. What's what? wrong with that? Hey, Mr. Hands got fucked to death by a horse. And I'm just know, joking, die. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. You, you, I'm just you know, joking. You know what yeah. the name of the horse was? 
Mr. Ed? No, it was he, they named the horse Big Dick, and they they was the first time they ever went near it. They named the horse what? Big Dick. <laughs> and that was the first time they went near it. What? <laughs> I'm just like, you know, and I told you, I've seen BCLD firsthand because I went to the, the, the donkey show in Mexico. Mm. Mm. And, it, and it was fucking horrible. It was fucking horrible. I was like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? It was horrible. Mm. Horrible. Yeah, it sounds real bad, Diane. It was. No. Okay. Next question. If you could travel back to the slave times, 1800, which one of these items would you give them to help them out? A GPS, a assault rifle, money, or future knowledge? Damn, that's a good one. Only one? Yeah, only one. And why? I think I would give them future knowledge. Um, and I think because that would with that knowledge they would be able to someone would probably be able to end end it or do do something to end it sooner than it happened Nigga, we're still living in slave times now <laughs> no what i mean, mean? The way that, no i mean the way that it was okay. we are however not like that <laughs> not like them you know what i'm saying like, yeah because if that shotgun they just gonna kill a couple of people that's it ain't gonna do nothing yeah you know what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't give them yeah, no money. What they gonna do with it? Can't spend <laughs> it no damn way. They can go. They they make it. They help them make it to Canada. Hopefully, one, one person. One person. That but give them that knowledge. They might be able to get some money. Yeah, take and them. Yeah, take sooner, them further. Right. You know, reconstruct the whole whole lot of things. Saves uh, some lives might be saved. Some lives could have been saved. You think about the time when it actually happened. Uh -huh. That someone had that knowledge to do it prior to then. I think I think I think a GPS would be more a guide for for all the motherfucking runaway slaves. They got a motherfucking they got a, a GPS in the hand that never dies, and they just trying they trying to find a way. They just following the the, the map. They probably had addresses back then. Where were they going? <laughs> <laughs> right. So what what would you put in the GPS? They got look. They got look the at the top. on the left. They <laughs> right back at Master House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he said, "I got, I got y'all ass now. I got y'all ass now. Them motherfuckers are brand in the complete circle." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! Mm -hmm. So okay, that's all the questions I got, man. Thank you, Larry, for playing the game with me. Yeah. And so, man, tell everybody where they can find your work, and where, you know what I'm saying. Tell everybody where they can find your work, your books, you know what I'm saying, your your social media, everything like that, man. I will, I will. And so, well, my books are on Amazon.com. And this is how the first one looks. Drama City of Devious Love Story. Let me come back a little mm. bit. We got the glare on it. Drama City of Devious Love it. Story. It is on Amazon. It's also at Barnes and Nobles. They have a few different outlets where it's sold, where the merchants buy it. So if you Google my name, then all my books will come up. That's Drama City. That's the first one. Then you have Drama City revenge drama city 2 which is the sequel to drama city 1 and all these books is uh um you can find them at the same location and most people go to amazon.com they are e um ebook uh for kindle and also paperback third one is honey is thicker than water right? <laughs> i want that one i want that one <laughs> i'm working on a part 2 for this right and this is really highlight this is a creative story it highlights 
um, multiple personality disorder, and it also highlights HIV, oh, right? Yeah, so I'm working right. on a part two. There's a bunch of different stigmas about HIV and stuff like that. I just came up with a creative story. Uh-huh. And Honey is the center of the story. She went through a whole lot of different trauma, you know, a lot of questions uh, unanswered. And I'm working on a part two for that. And you know what's crazy? Did you did, did you highlight that? I just read a book uh, about that where they were uh, the HIV was the highlight of it. But but the way the story was telling, I didn't. You didn't think it was going to end that way. And the book was called uh, "The Pastor E Poison Two. Yeah. Yeah, and then I did not think it was going to end the way it did, but that was actually the highlight of the story. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. So I'm gonna check that one out, man. Because they, yeah. you know, I like good, good adventures. Love honey. Yeah. They, they, they love honey. They, they mad because the way I ended it, but it's, <laughs> I'm doing a part. I'm <laughs> doing a part two, two, though. I'm doing a part yeah. two, and this one right here is my latest one. The ties that bind us. This I love this. I was really able to just. Um, capitalize off my experience, my writing experience. The three books mm. prior to this, capitalize off my writing experience, really learn some things about um, um, writing and how it's connected to managing my feelings and emotions. You know what I'm saying? Some days you don't want to write and, you know, and really taking on a lot of life's challenging, but still staying committed to this craft, right? Yeah. So um, I'm also working on two books, Honey is Sticking in Water 2, and uh, my first nonfiction um, novel is called The War is Over, The Sky's the Beginning, and it highlights my life. And I, t- I drop a lot of different jewels on there, um, just navigating through life, right? A lot of, of information that I teach and some of um, the groups that I facilitate just highlight just different things, motivational things. Um, it starts off kind of talking about my life growing up, what it was like, who I, who I idolized, which was Michael Jackson back then. Everybody, you want to learn how to be the like you know all of that you know and um and and um so i really really poured a lot into that and so i'm looking at about probably about two or three months my first non-fiction mm. um should be published yeah right. man stay the course man i try to do yeah. 1500 words a day yeah yeah so yeah man stay the course man that's what's up right there man man good brother larry why it was great having you on here man. Yes, tell, it me, was. Tell, tell them your social medias man tell oh my so yeah so um, Facebook, it's Larry Moon Jr., right? And, and everything will come up on, on there. And also um, my Instagram is Larry underscore Moon Jr. Okay. And yeah, so man. Those are the two platforms. Listen, man, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, man, like since this year started, we've been having some dope-ass interviews. And this, this is, is a compliment to everything, man. Your, all your achievements. Everything that you're doing, the way you turn the light around, the way that you're out here in the streets, yeah. actually giving back, man. I just want to give you your kudos, man. Pat me back. Man, good job, yeah. black man. You're doing Thank great, you. black man. Hey, you. sometimes we don't give each other the, the flowers that we deserve. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you're doing great, black man. Keep up that good work for real. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. thank you for your rapping skills, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, about, I'm about to do a, a, a six-song LP. So I, I plan on doing the war is over, the book, and then the documentary, and then mm. do like uh um do like an LP to go with the documentary. That's gonna be so dope. Gonna do the music and stuff you be playing with the story, you know, just creating the story back then, what it was like, had some different individuals from back there, including myself, kind of talk about different areas and what it was like, and then what it's like now, right? And yeah. so just highlighting the, the the war is over and the war and the war really is with self. Right. The war is really with self, just battling, you know, the different people battling with different things. We're just trying to navigate through life. Yeah. 
And a lot of times people always say the sky's the limit. I say the sky's the beginning. It's the beginning, baby. I like that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. I so now it, it really was a pleasure, you know, meeting you. It's my first time, you know, talking, of course, talking to you. I'm talking to Di, and he, he was, you know, just pretty much telling me about you and your life and, you know, what you got going on. And then I went on there and I was going through your stuff. And I was like, he did a lot. So, yeah, kudos to you. As he said, you. you know, you don't get your flowers, you know, until you're in the grave. But telling you now that you're doing a dope, you know, job and just keep doing it, that's what it is. Thank you so much. And you know what, y'all? And so one of the, I think that outside of my kids, right, one of my, I think one of the things that I'm just most proud about was me being able to turn it around and my mom be alive to see it. Yeah, oh, she came to the depths of earth, uh, to hell, whatever she had to do, and she would always say, This is not my son. I'm no matter what the predicament I'm in. My mother came, I was in trial, she was in there, and they told her to tell the truth. They said, Look, just you, you can't even mess this up, tell the truth. She lied. Thinking that it was gonna make me look good, <laughs> right? They said, "Was it was people selling drugs in the neighborhood?" She said, "Oh no, 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 no!" no. <laughs> <laughs> but because she thought that that would incriminate was help you, right? And so for her to be able to really see and like, like the first four years, and this is you know when you when you've affected people's lives, right? You talking about affected and being impact in a negative way, right? Uh huh. Four four or five years, she was still skeptical. Like, I still don't believe, you know, she would look at me strange and see if, you know, if I done went back down that road and, you know, check up on me. I think by the, about the fifth year, she kind of let her guards down. I said, okay, he really okay. okay. But that was the effects of, mm. of trauma for all those years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, man, it was good having you on, man. We definitely got to bring you back on. And then I'm gonna talk to you offline about the, the independent black off expo, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. All the friends he might know on the side of who you know. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee yeah. it. I, I'm telling you, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, Larry. Until next time, brother, we about to get this show rolling. Okay. All right, all right man. man. Glad, you, glad to have you on, man. Hey, would y'all send me a link? Would I, how would I be able to view this? I have some people I want to do it. Well, this is what I'm gonna do. Um. So what happens is I'm gonna um. I'm gonna put it on YouTube. It's gonna be on YouTube, TuneIn, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. It's gonna be YouTube to watch, but it's gonna be on TuneIn, Apple, and Spotify um, podcasts, so you can listen to it. Okay. okay. Every, it, it, it's gonna be there. Trust me. It's okay. by, by Friday at seven a.m. It's okay. gonna be there waiting. Okay. Waiting for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Larry. Peace out. Peace. Yo, Larry. That was good. That was good. That, that was, was good. good. Oh, Larry. Calling Wendy Williams a man. <laughs> I don't even know why you brought Wendy Williams up. You, you suck. <laughs> you suck. You try to throw, look, you try to throw, you throw, you're a woman and a man in there. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh, oh, man. So we moving on to the community. Event. Yeah. What community events you got this time, Daya? Okay, so this week, uh, this Saturday, in D.C., they got them in Atlanta. They got them in Houston, too. They got a place called The Gathering Spot. The Gathering Spot. So they be having events. It's like a, a social club that you pay every month to go to. You go in there, you can drink, 
eat all you want, stuff like that. Right? It costs too. It costs. It, it gathers by like what two, three hundred dollars a month. And, yeah, and maybe, I was, maybe I, yeah, maybe more. I looked into it, Daya. I know. Yeah, yeah, the gathering spot. I was like, but but it's like extra for networking and meeting people and stuff like that. But I was like, I don't know if I want to pay this to go somewhere where I may only pop my head at once, pay all that money, right? Yeah. But this weekend they're doing uh the the link of Professional Black History Month social. February 23rd, 6 p.m. at the gathering spot in, in DC, right? Free to get into. So essentially, this thing is is a professional uh social like network and social whatever can it be. But yeah. a, a lot of times when you go to these things, they're trying to recruit people like, hey man, you know, if you come on in, you know, saying we can give you this or this amount and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the people that are members, you know, they get money all stuff like that. But shit, if the drinks free and the food free, I'm gonna pop my head off in there. I was gonna say you probably should just go see how it is, just to you know, yeah. you know they're gonna try to get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I had another event, but I looked at the date and the goddamn event is tomorrow. And this episode ain't going to air to goddamn Friday. So I had to take it off. This is goddamn stupid. Ain't that much going on around here for us. Um, actually, I was looking at the for an event for everyone. It's the Bob Marley uh, movie. And I guess it's called it's the uh, Bob Marley pretty much showing at all theaters except for here. You know, it's crazy because on the weekend we only have it in um, Aiken, but throughout the week we have it at the Regal um, Cinema as well as Riverwatch. But I encourage everybody to go and get, you know, to look at the story so you can know the back, um, pretty much the backstory of what happened to him outside of what you've been told, you know? Yeah. So that's an event for a family, you know, for everybody, for the black, for the culture to get out there and go see the um, the Bob Marley movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I did, I got mixed, I heard mixed reviews about it. Really? Yeah, I heard mixed reviews about it. I one person said, "Man, it was real good. It told it told a story that needed to be told." The other people were like, "Nah, man, that shit just it wasn't it." So I heard mixed reviews about it. Maybe it's those who really kn knew back, you know, back then what really happened. Feel a certain way about it. like, nah, they ain't really telling the whole story. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I do. I agree with that. I wasn't really a Bob Marley fan, so I'm you know I'm not too gun ho on going to see it. Um, like I did, so, I waste my money for the color purple. Um, so, so, I'm, so I'm glad you said that, right? I think they are doing a terrible job of putting these black movies out. Like they, like they, like for real, for real, like they putting out movies that don't nobody want to see. Like I, I I'm sorry. Like, or they're nobody... putting out movies and they turn them into musicals. Like I mean, every movie doesn't have to have a song and beat behind it. Yeah, yeah. Like and then and then everybody keeps saying that the book of Clarence was good, but it only did like it, it took them like I think eighty million to make the movie, and they only made like seven million. But I don't think they did a good job of marketing that movie. People that watched it said it was good. I haven't seen it yet, but people that watched it said it, it was good. You just it, the commercials don't do it any justice. So whose fault is that, right? Same mm -hmm. thing with the color purple. Nobody wanted to see that. Stop, stop trying to remake these classics. The color purple was good where it was at. It was, and why? Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why Oprah wants to tie you know Taraji into why the numbers didn't do as well as as it was supposed to. Because honestly, you messed it up, Oprah. You really messed that movie up for us. You know, he took all the, the the favorite sayings, like, you know, everything that we were looking for in that movie yeah. was 
was thrown to the wayside and replaced with with a song. I don't want to hear no doggone musical. Man, no, nah, yeah, that, all that shit is trash. I'm not down for yeah. that. And that's why the, the Bob Marley movie is getting uh, mixed reviews right now. Like it's I like, know. yeah, it, it, it. yeah it's, it's some people like, yeah, man, it was good. Some people like, nah, dog, they could have did better. Blah blah blah. Same thing with the, uh, yeah. I, I mean, so it's like, man, if, if we gonna be putting these movies out, that's why niggas is running to Tubi watching all the the, the Negro <laughs> movies. Cause, yeah. cause those those the, the movies like even though they be low budget film, whatever, case maybe the stories be better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. okay. You right about it. You so right. yeah, so, I, I don't like low budget though. That's the only thing about it. I can't yeah. do low budget. I didn't. I didn't make some low budget movies. And I wouldn't be watching it. <laughs> and I wouldn't be watching. And I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Dyer, get your head up out the gutter. That's what I... <laughs> okay. So those are our community events. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> My God, please. One love. You're <laughs> <laughs> so, crazy. Okay, so the read of the week I think we touched on the reading oh. the week with all the books and everything like that. Because the book I was going to choose was The the Ties That Bind Us by Larry Moon. But he went down his whole catalog of books. He did. So, so uh, the reading the week is take y'all ass out there and get one of Larry Moon's books. Go on and get y'all one of Larry Moon's books, man. This dude is putting his ankle into these. Go get y'all one of Larry Moon's books, man. Those books look like they should be doggone movies, though. Like, the way he was describing it, you know, it should be a movie. Yeah. I, I can see it happening. I can Me see too. it happening. Yeah, I definitely can see it happening, man. Creating very, very creative guy. I'm telling you, first time I met him, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he told me how he met me. He was like, I was just out there vibing, doing my thing, shaking hands. Everybody walked by, shaking hands. I can believe that because you, listen, you're not, no table, left untouched. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Blah, blah, blah. Handing out cards. Hey, a follow us free. You can follow me on social media. Blah, blah, blah. I'm interacting with If, if 10,000 people in that in, come through that venue, if 10,000 people walk past my table, I'm interacting with 9,000 of them. That's least. what's up. <laughs> that's what's up. For real, for real. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so that's my read of the week. Uh, Larry Moon's books. Go out there and get Larry Moon's books, man. Larry Moon is, is doing his business. Right, he definitely is. Yeah, now, pretty cool dude. Yeah, learn man, he's putting in the work, man. So, with that being said, right, mm -hmm. we get to the dumbass of the week. Yes, you can get into the dumb um, ass of the week. Guys. See, I was gonna do the lady that lost her kid from Memphis. They had her five year old shaving her coochie. I was gonna do her. I was gonna do her. Why you ain't gonna do it? Because that was dumb. Now yo, that, that was pretty dumb. But I think everybody is giving her the attention that she needs. She's fucking stupid, right? So I'm not gonna do her. I found the story that's better though. Okay. So a lot of people out here, this is that dumbass we fuck is she talking about, right? So when I say people take the internet too far, people dying, get beat up, shot, killed, stabbed, robbed over the internet, right? The internet is going too far, right? Right. This is another example of it. 
this lady, Alaska woman, right? This is why she's getting dumb at this week. Alaska woman who killed her best friend after being promised $9 million in a catfish scheme was sent into 99 years in prison. Hear me out. Alaska woman killed her best friend was being for it was being after being promised nine million dollars in a capture scheme was sentenced to 99 years. Now let's get into the meat potatoes of this. She killed her best friend. So 24-year-old Denali Bremer, if I'm saying it right, killed her best friend after she was captured by a man who offered her nine million dollars to commit a murder. She was sent to 99 years in prison, right? Fucking stupid, right? The victim body was found on in the uh, the, the Katukma River. She was shot and killed, and later found uh, with with her mouth and arm, uh, mouth and arm bound in duct tape. Right? Bremer, this is why I say motherfuckers take the internet too fucking serious. Bremer carried out the killing after meeting a man online who went by the name of. Uh, I forgot what the, the dude name was. Oh, um, uh, uh, Darren. His name was Darren, or whatever the case may be. Met him, right? Online. Right? The man, however, lied to her. He lied to her, pretending to be a millionaire from Kansas. They offered her, Denali Bremer, $9 million to record the killing of a person in Alaska, right? Open the nine million up there. Claim to be a millionaire from Alaska. This is when niggas play too much. Niggas, this is why niggas is dying. They play too much on the internet, right? Offered mm -hmm. their nine million dollars record the killing of a person in Alaska, but he was actually a twenty-one-year-old Indiana man, right? Named Darren uh, Shilly, Shill Miller. His name is a 21-year-old Indiana man named Darren Shamiller. So the chick, Denali Bremer, allegedly recruited four of her friends, including Kaden, uh, uh, McIntosh, and Kaden, and two juveniles to help her carry out Hoffman's mur murder, right? Mm -hmm. So they lured her best friend. It, the, the name is, the, Her name is cut off, but... Um, they lured her hoping into the woods, thinking that she was meeting up on a hiking trip, right? Mm -hmm. Lured her to Thunderbolt Falls Trail, where she was killed at. Bremer took photos and video footage of the killing and sent to um uh Shield Miller. After the fact. He told her that it was a fucking joke and he hoped he really, she really didn't kill the girl. That's why she's getting dumb She went out there and killed her best friend for $9 million with two people she didn't know, two juveniles she didn't know, and four other friends. All because a dude that was 21 years old in Indiana lied about being a millionaire. And about the shit that he got, and then he would pay her nine million dollars, right? So the dude that lied to her, not only did she get ninety-nine uh, years, Denali Bremer, right? She's sharing this dumbass. We fuck is he talking about with Darren Schillmiller, 
because he got 99 years in prison too for his role in the killing, right? And this is why these two motherfuckers playing on the internet, trusting niggas on the internet, playing. She killed her friend and he lied about who he was and both of them wind up getting 99 years in prison. And this is why these stupid motherfuckers are getting dumb ass of the week. Fuck is they talking about? So they pretty much stupid. got life. It's... 99 years, they ain't never coming home. You, yeah. get not, you get 99 years in the last, they don't do none of that. You, you're staying, you're not coming home. Yeah, that, that's a life sentence. Yeah, yeah, fuck him. Fuck Damn. him. They want to play on the internet. He wanted to lie. She wanted to actually want to go commit murder. She could have killed anybody. She could have all them fucking bums in, in Alaska. She she chose to kill her fucking friend. That Ooh. is crazy. Yeah, fucking dummy. But she already wanted her dead. She probably had some kind of animosity towards her. It killed her, killed her, sent the picture in her and he was like, oh psych, I hope this is not real. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> And well, and these two, I hope they make them well. It's a that's a girl to do, so they're not about to be cellmates. But uh, I hope they uh find a way, way in the same prison where you know what I'm saying. Big big bubble, and they're gonna be waiting. Bubble right. and bubble and 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 uh Leslie about to be in there waiting on them. You do dumb things, you you know, shit, you get dumb results. So yeah, and, you know what I'm saying. Bubble about to be, and the picture of this dude is small, so he about to be getting uh. Drug in there. Gonna be selling the motherfuckers gonna be selling him for cigarettes, man. <laughs> it is what it is. And that's that my dumbass. Those are my dumbass and we fuckers they talk about. They're fucking stupid, man. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, man. So, so um I'm travel sure tips. We about to do the travel. So as far as travel tips, now I was looking on here. I just really didn't have a lot. I had um it was just talking about traveling and what to do. And one of the things that um, we always talk about is making sure you have everything before you go. So do things in advance, you know, make sure you check all of the blocks before you, <laughs> what you keep doing that for nut, um, <laughs> do everything in advance, you know, as far as making sure that you, you know, you got your, if you're going out of town, you got your, your passport. If you're going out of the country, you got your passport, you know, you have your driver's license, your cash on you only carry a certain amount of money have your, your credit cards, have things, you know. And I, I also personally would think that, you know, when you're traveling, you would have those uh, safety things for your cards. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. If yeah. anybody know what you're talking about, I know what you're talking about. So you, I'm talking about the ones that keep you from, keep people from, you know, um, pinging your card and getting all the information. Uh-huh. I don't know. What, I, I don't know what they call it. Me neither. Yeah. But, yeah, just... um. Do things in advance. So that's a travel tip for me. Oh. Well, look at that. Oh, look it wasn't much. It wasn't much, but it was good enough, though. Be prepared with your with y'all funk ass. So listen. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, to, this week was another great, phenomenal show. Larry came in here and tore it down, man. <laughs> he came in rapping. He came in here rapping. Larry came in and tore it down, man. I'm, I'm glad that he came on here and he got a chance to talk with us and chill. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, man. So, look, tell everybody where they can find you at. Well, just find me in the streets. It's going down. It's going um, down. <laughs> nah, meet me in the trap. <laughs> going down. But no, so, you can find me on Facebook. I'm, Sh I'm Sherelle Miss Vet. That's M-S-V-E-T-T-E Davis um, M-S. Or you can reach me on uh, well, that's Facebook, 
It's um, TikTok, which is Miss Sherelle, well, Sherelle Davis, LinkedIn, Sherelle Davis. Everything is Sherelle Davis with the exception of um, Facebook. And that's what my middle name is, Miss Vet. Miss Vet. Miss Vet. Miss Vet. And y'all know where y'all to find me at? Because I'm going to post it in the comments anyway, man. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm supposed to where we at and all that stuff because it's going down. It's going nah, down. It's going down. So, man, listen, this was another great week of the show. I think it's time to close it out. Yes. Hey, man. See y'all next time. See y'all next week. We got another great guest coming on next week. And peace. Yeah, let me talk my shit. Uh, never hear Bill talk cheap. Sipping on mud, I'ma talk in my sleep. Whole brick of salt, what it cost my piece. 1500, what I got on my feet. This off white, what I got in my back. Selling off white, what I got in my pack. Don't play ball, what I play with them racks. City guild niggas don't know about sex. Just drop 30 in the 5.0. Roger gon' blow when I ride through slow. 25 nines in the D's, I'll go. BBS diamonds, yeah, I got that glow. Whoa.